Good afternoon, everybody. This is Barbara with Can and Girl Speaks Podcast, and I am so excited to be recording a new podcast. It's been a couple of weeks uh, for uh, me for being able to record a new podcast because I've been really, really busy uh, practicing uh, with um, our production of To Kill a Mockingbird. And I hope everybody that gets a chance uh, to come and see it, you need to come and see it, buy your tickets. It's going to be at our local uh, warehouse, the Warehouse of Living Arts Center here in Corsicana, Texas. Please go call the warehouse and um, buy your tickets because we are doing social distancing uh, performances, and so we're only going to have a limited seating, so you make sure you call, make sure you buy the ticket. Anyway, uh, enough being said about the Kenny Mockingbird, but I want to thank everybody for always supporting the Kenny Girl Speaks podcast, and on today, I have a young lady that has accept, has, has, that has taken her time out of her busy schedule uh, to be on the Kenny Girl Speaks podcast, and um, she is... Um, kind of fairly new to our community. She's been she's been in our in, in the community of course in Canada Vero County for about a year, and but she she uh, she has family that has uh, that are that is a part of the community that has been a part of the community, and so without further ado, I would like to intru- introduce to the Canada Speaks Podcast Land, uh, Miss Kimberly Walter. Hello. Wow, thank you. Thank you. That was an awesome introduction. I think my favorite part is when you called me a young lady. <laughs> well, Ms. Kimberly, well, Kimberly um, mm-hmm. I uh, am so excited to for you to be on the podcast, and I got a chance to sit down with you. We had tea at one of our uh, local uh, coffee places here in our community. And I, uh, you kind of asked me to, you know, would you, you, you asked me to come and sit with you and talk to me about our community. So I was like, you know what? I think I want to bring her on the podcast to talk about who she is. <laughs> and so why don't you tell the listening audience who Kimberly Walter is? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much because y'all, she invited me for coffee. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> that is definitely, uh, you know, showing your hospitality. I appreciate it. Um, so yes, like uh, Barbara said, I'm Kimberly Walter. I am originally from Dallas. I was born and raised um, in the Metroplex, but my dad's side of the family, his roots are here. So his mother, his father, his stepmom, my grandmas, <laughs> aunties, uncles, cousins, you know, um, everybody is from Corsicana. So I actually grew up here uh, in the summers, you know. Back in the day when mom would kind of drop you off for months for summer break. Yeah. <laughs> this is where all of the cousins came. So um, my memories, of course, of Canada span basically the length of my life. Um, although I am a new, I guess, resident, as you said. So um, I know that a lot of people are like, who's that woman? What's she doing? <laughs> where did she come from? Uh, so it's a, it's a little of an interesting story. I've been living abroad. Um, in different countries for the last 15 years. I'm an educator, so I teach uh, English, Spanish. I've taught language arts, social studies in different schools, uh, both public and private, all around the world. So I've been in Europe and Asia, and then most recently in South America, in Colombia. 
and I happened to come home for a visit, which I do ever so often. And it was just horrible timing or good timing, I guess, if you look at it, depending how you look at it. It was in COVID. So yeah. just when I was ready to go, I just, I saw that, you know, Columbia's borders were closing and some of my students are in China. So before I think the news hit in the U.S., I knew something was happening. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but something's happening in China. And so because I wasn't living here, I was just, you know, it was a visit. I didn't have kind of like a, a base. But I remember I called my auntie and I was like, hey, what's going on with grandma's house in Corsicana? She's like, yeah, you can go there. And I was like, okay, it'll be a couple months. Like, don't worry. I'm sure the borders will open up. Whatever's happening will pass. Yeah. <laughs> and as we know, it has not. We are still mm-hmm. deep, deep in the throes of COVID, I don't know, 2.0, 3.0, whichever variant we're fighting against now. So it took me a while to kind of accept, um, I think, the change. And a lot of people, I think, went through the same. We just, nobody was prepared to kind of be stuck or shut in or quarantined to the extent of of how it kind of happened. Um, But once I accepted that I was going to be here uh, for a while, because it's it's still not, in my mind, uh, safe to travel. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to be here, let me be here. <laughs> so um, I think for the first year or so, I, it was really just observation. Um, and what I noticed is my grandma's house is on the east side of uh, Corsicana, just across from the old Bears Field, so kind of a central location. And it was just... Um, it looked so different than even the last time I visited. And then very, very different from, you know, when I was, you know, growing up coming here. And it just, it's really, um, I want to say run down, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my grandma's house is the only house on her block. It's her house. And then there's one, two, three, three or four empty lots. And they were so overgrown. Like, and I was just wondering what happened, like, and so I started investigating, right? I just, I wanted to kind of get to the bottom of how this kind of neglect happened, how it was allowed to happen, and really kind of looking for some accountability. So that's where uh, Kimberly, as a community engagement activist, was born. <laughs> So I get a chance to um, come to a town hall meeting that um, you and uh, Councilwoman uh, Ruby Williams uh, hosted uh, about a mm-hmm. uh, less than about a month less than a month ago. Yeah, and, it was. Um, it was yeah, it was um, well attended by some of the community members, and mm-hmm. um, it was attended by the you know our, all our officials. And so um, you were shooting to me. You were shooting from the hip, asking questions about different things. And I was like, oh, my goodness, who is this young lady? Because she is, like, uh, asking these questions, um, a lot of things like, oh, my goodness. Okay, so I got to get it. I have to meet her. I have to fix, find out who she is because mm-hmm. she is, like, a breath of fresh air um, coming into the, our community and um, asking the hard, having the hard conversations or asking questions. Um, with our our officials, and mm-hmm. so um, I do believe that you are um, wanting to see things better, and um, you are a change agent. And so 
Um, how are you going to, as um, as um, taking, you know, stepping out there, how are you going to help other community members um, be a part of your vision? Because one thing I do know, and by experience, okay. um, sometimes it is it, it is hard to motivate and to empower people to be ch change agents themselves. So mm -hmm. how are you going to do that with um, uh, the, the different generations that we have? Because we do have um, the baby boomer generation. We have mm -hmm. uh, the millennials. We have the Gen Xers. We have, we have a very a broad uh, spectrum of different generations. And um, what is going to be your, um, your focus to get um, people motivated and empowered? Okay, those are those are great questions and also really great um, observations. I love that, like shooting from the hip. That's what I was doing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh, started actually when I said I was kind of researching, digging around, seeing what I could find. Um, and our councilwoman for precinct two is uh, Ruby Williams. So I, I did get in touch with her. And I know through my family, through my aunt and my uncle, that she had even asked them when they were living here, like, hey, do you guys want to be involved? But they're like, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I knew that she was kind of looking for a younger, I won't quite call myself young, but she was looking for, you know, a younger person just to kind of get involved, shake things up. Um, and so I volunteered myself. Um I think it's fortunate that I uh, am working from home and I am working for myself, self-employed, so my schedule is quite flexible. So if there's something, you know, that I need to go to or a meeting, I can absolutely make time. Um, so when she mentioned the idea of a town hall, I was like, that is great. That's awesome. We're going to have, you know, all the elected officials. We had, I think it was like the mayor, the city manager, Parks and Rec, um, what is it? The road? I can't remember what the road guys called. <laughs> planning, yeah, plan, yeah, planning and zoning. There, you had um, economic development, we, we, um, economic chief development, there, fire chief there. Mm -hmm. So you had um, a wealth of city officials um, to be in attendance. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, go ahead. Well, for me, that was just kind of like putting my finger on the pulse because I know that. For a lot of people, me included, change is difficult, right? It's not easy, and sometimes it's even painful because you get so used to the way things are and you kind of get comfortable in that, even if it's not necessarily working towards your best interest, but it's what you know, you know? So when, when you say, like, a breath of fresh air, sometimes what it takes is that outside view questioning the status quo. Yeah. Um, so what I found, and it's not to fault anybody because I was in exactly the same position. I was born and raised in Texas. And so I also had some of the conditioning of like, accept your place. You can do this. You can't do that. If you go out, you must do this. You know, don't do this. If the police stop you, you have to, you know, that was yeah. part of my life. And I never questioned it until I left the United States. And it was such an eye-opening experience because, I mean, black and brown people around the world are marginalized. Um, that's, you know, not a question that's not for debate, it's a fact. But the way that the United States 
does it <laughs> is very specific, it's very cruel, and it's very unnecessary. And this is what I'm trying to change. So when you ask, like, how are you going to get people motivated? The first task for me is letting them know their worth, letting them know not to accept the minimum. Um, because I, I like to think of myself as an insider, right? Like I was, I'm from here. I left for a very long time and I've seen all sorts of economies you can't imagine. I was even in South Korea when they, um, impeached and imprisoned their president for corruption. I was like, Hey, South Korea. All right. <laughs> so I've been in countries during like political turmoil. I've been a volunteer in, you know, um, poor neighborhoods um, in other countries. And so I'm asking myself, I, the quarantine happened, right? It's a horrible situation for so many people. A lot of lives have been lost, but you can't just kind of live your life in that despair. So what is for me the silver lining? I was like, I was brought here or put here for a reason. And yeah. what I see in my new community, I've seen before. And I've helped other people before to get out of that. So why not use, you know, what I know to help my community. Um, and so, yeah, like you have to know your power as an individual. You have to know your worth as, as a community and even, you know, your vote can make a difference. And that's kind of where it starts. So what is going to be your first, um, agenda item? Because, um, there is a lot to do in our community. So what is going to be your, uh, your, your number one item on your agenda? Because, um, you know, I, I can see you, um, you know, have, you know, having a plan, but then, you know, and then checking off each item that's on your list. And so what is your first uh, the item on your agenda? Well, I don't know if there would be like a number one item. My my action item, what I'm working to do, um, and you're you've been a great help as well, is if we look at the makeup of the people who turned up at the town hall meeting, which was great by the way, we had about just under fifty people between people that were there in person and then people that tuned in online because it was uh, broadcast live through Facebook Live. Um, so just under 50 people, I think it was like 48 or something. I'm rounding up. We had 50 people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had 50 people. I'm just rounding that right up. Um, the, the medium age, I would say, was like pensioner, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and what we need to affect change, real change, is for the young people to get involved in the community. Um, and so this is one of the points is getting young people excited about their community to get them involved, to let them know. And I think especially after, let's call it the summer of 2020, you know, all of the protests and kind of the light being shined globally on the injustice that is the United States, that the conversation has already happened. So for me, that's great, right? Because people are willing to listen. I think people's eyes have already been opened. It, it can no longer be like, oh, racism isn't a problem in the United States. <laughs> right? You can't really hide behind that, that, um, that ignorance anymore. 
ignorance is bliss absolutely and like i've been in situations where it's like i don't want to see it it doesn't exist um but it doesn't help anybody right yeah. so all you're doing is like maintaining that status quo and if you look at a town like a small town like corsicana who did that benefit right kind of like maintaining this the status quo so like i mentioned like the East Side um, has been a, a historically under-resourced, right? There has been historic unequal distribution of resources. And what I see now is that the rest of the town, right, we'll say on the other side of the tracks, um, is developing. There's, you know, restaurants and new businesses opening. And even at the town hall, it was put to the to the panel, when, what's going to come here? Like, we need retail, we need shops, we need restaurants. And don't you think, Kimberly, that, and I think we've had this discussion before, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I, I, I tend to be, um, you know, a, a visionary and I tend to be very open-minded and, and you know, look at, look, you know, look up what's up, look, what's up the world, what's coming. Right. And so what I see is um, when you see some of the communities that at one point, that at one time were the size of Corsicana and now they boom, you know, case in point, Waxahachie and of course Ennis is up the road. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I see, you know, um, I do believe that we're going to have a shift in um, who is, you know, you know, we do have our demographics has changed. Mm-hmm. But what I do see in our community is there will be a shift in who's here. You know, so it won't be, you know, um, yeah, we'll have probably the same, some of the same families, you know, based on, you know, some of the, some of the, um, you know, the families, families will stay, some, you know, some will leave, but then we're going to have a shift of new community members, new citizens coming, coming here because yeah. of, you know, some of the, you know, some of the jobs, you know, that, that are coming to warehouses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, um, uh, the ones that are here that are going to remain here, you know, uh, what I, you know, would like to see is more, like you said, involvement in our local government, you know, and that's going to take educating. That's going to take, mm-hmm. um, you know, have, making them understand they deserve a seat at the table, you yeah. know, and so that that part is empowerment, you know, and then you have to make them understand that they they are capable of being a part of whatever entity that, that, you know, that we have, local, you know, city council, county commissioner, um, school board, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said what, you know, because you can have everything, you know, we can have, you can have a whole lot of stuff that you got to do that we have to do, you know, that we need to, but it has to be um, you zoning in on one one thing and then once you get that done, take it off the list and then let's move on. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was asking what is something uh, that you really yes, feel... You feel that you did. You feel that it's very important right now. <laughs> yes, thank you for redirecting. Because, girl, if you let me, I will talk until yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> because because I want because those that because those that listen to this podcast and I have people that listen locally and some people that li- uh-huh. li- listen, you know, outside of the you know outside of the states. And so um, I want them to know, hey, we have. Um, you know, we have people that are really here to be change agents. You know, because nobody wants to nobody wants to see a community just stay stagnated. No, I, mean, I would hope. No, not at all. Not at all. And I would hope that not even um, stagnating, but kind of yes. declining. Like that is yes. literally yes. the opposite of what you what, what you want to what you want to yes. be. Yes. Um, yes. So when you yes. talk about like the most important things towards the community. Um, you yourself did kind of a survey, and I've done an informal survey on my Facebook group. I'm going to shout it out maybe at the end so people can know how to kind of be part of the movement. 
Um, and it, it, it's the same things again and again and again, right? So when you ask people, what do you want to change? What do you want to see? Or what is your concern? And you hear that same, those same answers being repeated, then I don't have to come up with the number one thing to the community because the community is saying, right? They're saying we need housing. The roads need to be improved. Uh, we need well-paying jobs. Um, you know, we need services, right? So even like with COVID, like so many people, lives are just kind of turned upside down. So if you need that, but you don't even know where to go, where do you start or what do you do? You're just kind of like in the state of, of despair, but kind of looking at the big picture, it's, you know, like getting housing up, fixing the roads, getting jobs. And basically these are things that everyone needs a roof over their head, a way to provide for their families. These are basic needs that are not being met or that it's quite difficult for, for a lot of people um, to have that kind of, you know, where they know it's going to happen for them and it's not a worry. So when you talk about um, what are the action items, these are the action items. But how do, you, how do we get our voices heard? So until, like... We empower the people, which is an ongoing process, and that's just going to be happening through discussions and forums. And um, I'm planning lots of ideas on how to get people involved. What I I have found, and then just being over my years of involvement, is that they, you know, sometimes our community tends to just push out push -hmm. push out certain ones to do the work, and then they're at home not, you know, and so... I would like, you know, I would like to see, you know, everybody uh, involved in, you know, whatever process it is, you know, not just push, having one person represent the whole, you know, the group. No, it can't be. And if yeah. we are, again, completely honest, it has been one person. Yeah. Um, we have an elected official who has been carrying the weight yeah. of, of her district and she can't do it alone. And, um, uh, well, I don't want to get too much into that, but yeah. it does. It takes a village. So yeah. my plan is I've got this, it's called Eyes on the Ground, right? Where, you know, we're just going to divide up the city <laughs> and have like representatives in each kind of quadrant reporting back so that we have this action plan. Like what's going on over there? Tell me your concerns. What are your people doing? Okay. Over here, what are your people doing? Great. So the, the thing is like there's power in these numbers. So we just need like a core group of people. Uh, let's say just to throw out a number of five to 10 people, but they are the voices of everybody. So like I said, I have a very flexible schedule. So like I went to the economic development meeting, which is like the first Tuesday of the month at 9 a.m. That's like a super random time. People are usually working, but mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I'll be there. So before I go to these meetings, I'm like, hey, I'll shoot me your questions. I want to get there. I'm going to ask. Um, so I can, you know, get there and ask the questions uh, I've not gotten many answers. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm going to follow up. <laughs> That's another thing. It's just like, I feel like, I don't want to, yeah, it is, it's resistance. It's resistance. I was like, I don't want to call it resistance, but let's, you know, call a spade a spade. Uh, yeah. um, and, I, and I can understand where this, the, the, the elected officials are coming from, right? So from there, quite a few, it's like an outsider. She's coming in, she's questioning my job and my abilities, and oh my gosh, defense mode. 
So I am never, you know, disrespectful or, you know, aggressive or anything like that, but I'm asking questions that I would like the answers to, that the people would like the answers to. So what I what I'm wanting and what I'm demanding, what we're demanding is accountability, right? Uh, and this again goes back to the power of the vote. If we look at a council member, it is not representative of the makeup of Corsicana. So those but people are not, it's not looking just, out for our interests because and it's not just the local. It's not just city council. It's not. It's not. We have city council. We have all, county commissioners. All, all, all whatever all is elected or yes. whoever. I didn't say city council. Yes. I don't want to like yes. you know ping them, but. Yeah. Just looking across the board, and even like for me, a lot of the information is online. You guys, you just have to go to the Corsicana website, yeah. and just looking at their website, you would think that it's ninety nine point nine percent white. There is nary a I want to say a Negro. <laughs> yeah. There is no diversity, not even on the website. Something so simple as like, yeah. oh, we're going to be driving the car. I wonder who's white. But when you, but Kimberly, when you tend to have, you know, even, even like our, like our local paper, and I know right now the mm -hmm. media is on, you know, it's, everybody's, you know, all, you know, kind of like targeting the media. But when you have your media, when you have your local papers, and when your, when your local papers, when the staff is just white, which our local paper, um, it's, 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 it's uh, downsized because of, you know, people are doing, going to, uh, going to, uh, social media instead of, you know, paper, mm -hmm. you know, actual mm -hmm. paper, paper. And mm -hmm. so um, they don't tend to reach out to or connect with um, the community that they that they serve. Because I, I right. have, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've, I've pushed out, hey, you need to do a story on this, you need to do a story on that, you know, and it's hard for them to, you know, go into the community sometimes and get stories because you don't have people that look like me, you know, right. on staff, you know, and so that's when you get a one-sided, um, you know, fake, you know, page or, you know, it's even like the city, you know, so, single, it's yes. a single story. It's a single yes. story. And yes. it, it doesn't and so, represent. Yeah. Um, and so that's, mm -hmm. and that's, a, so that's the empowerment piece that, you know, needs to be addressed as far as, you know, uh, instilled in the community members is, Hey, you know, if you want to see more, if you want to see more representation, you're going to have to encourage diversity and inclusion. You know, it, in it, 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 it's about it's about inclusion. Like, yeah. um, I'm yeah. going to tell you a, a story. It just it happened to me um, last week, and I was just like, "This is why the town is like this." Um, so you know, okay, I'll keep it short, y'all. Don't worry. It's story time. <laughs> so we had the census in 2020, and this is the second time that Corsicana has been uh, undercounted. And basically what that means is that not everybody participated. But what yeah. that means on a bigger scale is that we're getting funding based on those numbers, federal federal dollars, federal money, grants, whatever, based on those numbers. So if you're undercounted, it means you're not getting really what is due to you. Um, and so when the numbers came out, I actually saw it in the, in the paper this year. It's like decline, decline, decline. But that's not really very accurate. Um, so from what I saw, uh, the, there's a very large Hispanic population. Of course, Canada mm -hmm. covering around 40%. The black population is about 20%. Not according to the new numbers, according to the numbers before we were undercounted. And when you think about kind of the movement, of course, of Canada, those numbers are probably increasing. So what you have is a black and brown majority who are being um, pushed to the side. So I was just doing my regular, you know, daily 
up to the grocery store, get gas, whatever. And as I'm driving down, um, is it, I guess it's 7th right before it turns into 31. Mm-hmm. And I see just, you know, red light, stop waiting to turn, that left turn. And from the corner of my eye, flapping in the wind, I see not one but two huge Confederate flags. What on earth is happening? Yeah. Oh, I was just shocked. Shocked, shocked, shocked. Um, for me, me, <laughs> me who has been uh, unconditioned to accept uh, those kinds of visual assaults, um, I was shocked. Um, and so I went ahead and I did my shopping and I got back in the car and I was like, Kimberly, just keep driving. <laughs> don't do anything. Don't do anything. You know, Texas, pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, of course, my my brain did not listen to my brain, and I stopped, right? So I, I went inside the establishment, and it's like, just, you know, information gathering. Hey, y'all, like, so I noticed that you've got, like, lots of Confederate flags. They had other flags as well, right? But, like, a big old Confederate flag. And I was like, um, is this, like, privately owned? Is it public owned? Like, who can I call to ask about how this even happened, right? And the, the attendants, they were very kind, and they were just like, hey, we have no idea guys they come every few months and they set up uh, maybe the owner gives them permission maybe not i was like okay well don't worry i'm gonna find the info and i'll you know make a call and find out you know is that allowed uh, do you even know that these people are on your property and what is that that symbol what is that telling somebody um you know um What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> well, actually, it's pretty direct. Um, yeah. What is it telling? What is it telling you? Right? Like, yeah. hey, you're in white people land. You know, yeah. uh, the Confederacy. Oh my gosh! Like, how are we in 2021 and still dealing with things like that? Um, and so, as I was leaving, I was off to the side talking to the attendant, whoever was in the line. As he left, he mumbled, you know, under his breath. Of course, as he was leaving, you're in Texas. Like, oh, yeah, I know very well where I am. That doesn't mean it's acceptable. So this is what I mean when you have to question everything and you have to demand answers. So when you do confront people and you make them confront their own prejudice or their own bias, there's not going to be a good answer other than I'm racist, you know? And unfortunately, that is the world we're living in. So here we have this these visuals, right, Confederate flag, uh, Confederate statues um, in town, right, that you have to kind of see and walk by and drive by on a daily basis. And back during the election, at the front of town, just exiting off Highway 45, coming into town from MLK Boulevard, there's a big sign that's like, Trump. They had a Trump rally in town. Um, on the highway, a wannabe governor has, has rented a sign that says build the wall, right? This is the messaging that 60% of your population is getting, that they are unwanted, that they don't matter, their voices don't matter, that what you want to do, who you've elected to represent the city, is what matters. So when it comes to you know, doing a census and you're knocking door to door saying, hey, we want to know exactly who's in your household. And I've just driven past the Confederate flag or I've just um, seen a Trump rally going on downtown or I've just seen a sign that said build a wall. I'm not answering my door. Yeah, and that's why local elections are so important. And that's why 
Um, you know, getting back to empowerment is that that's why you have to empower the people to understand that your local elections are very important. That is where you know, it it's not it's not always the it's not just the national elections, but the local elections. It and is. It really matters. And that's why you, it, it it has to be a continual education of educating the community that, that mm-hmm. educating mm-hmm. the community because a lot of times. You know, they they just don't know. They don't know. Yeah, you, know, they, you have you know, a voice. Yeah, and you know, know that, that your voice is... matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it matters. It matters. You know, if you're, even if you're a young parent, you know, you're a young community member, you know, young community member, your voice mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And so, Kimberly, um, I, um, I am so um, excited that, you know, you're here in the community, and I know that um, you're going to, um, you know, Encourage people to, you know, get up and uh, be, uh, be, you know, be an example, you know, for, you know, their, their, you know, their kids, and you're going to empower our adults, and you know, that's that's all to me. That's all. That's all it's about is about empowering because, mm-hmm. you know, I do believe that, you know, we have people have been oppressed for a long time, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not their, it, it has not been their fault. You know, sometimes it's mm-hmm. been condition, it's been a conditional thing. You know, something you know that it has been. You know, so um, tell tell them this how they can uh, contact you if they want to be a part of what you're doing, you're a part of your movement. Okay, so uh, you guys can find um, the community on Facebook if you just do a search for the Corsicana Community Action. Corsicana Community Action. Just type that in your Facebook search bar and it'll be the first one to pop up. Um, and join our group and keep be active. Oh, you guys, turn on the notifications <laughs> yeah. so that you can see when we post. So I've got a calendar in there that it, it kind of tells you like up, upcoming events, like uh, how you can get involved. Uh, that's really important. Um, so yes, definitely find us on uh, Corsicana Community Action. If you want to contact me directly, you can send an email. I'm at hello at Kimmy Travels. That's K-I-M-M-Y Travels.com. Hello at KimmyTravels.com. And that's also my website. So you can have a look um, there to learn, you know, about me, what I've been doing, what I'm up to. Um, just kind of get an idea of who even is Kimberly Walter. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, Kimberly, I would I really, encourage everybody. Yeah. I, I really do thank you uh, for taking the time out to be on the, the, the podcast. And so I always give my guests an opportunity to uh, give their shout outs to anybody that I could give a shout out to. So go ahead and give your shout out. Okay. So I would actually like to shout out back to the community because it is with you guys that we are going to make a difference. So I'm so excited to see you and to meet you. And I have been, uh, you know, like I said, bopping around town, introducing myself. If you see me, I'm the tall woman. I'm six foot one. You cannot miss me. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I'm super approachable. Stop and say hi. So I'm shouting out to the community. Like, yeah, you guys, let's do this. Well, um, I'm excited for you, and I know that um, you're gonna you're gonna just. I think you're gonna shake up a lot a lot more things, and so just know, you know, I'm in your corner, and um, you know, anytime you need you know me to do anything, you know, just hit me up. And so, um, thank you again for being on the podcast, the Kenneth Speaks podcast. And so, to my listening audience, um, I say thank you again for always supporting the podcast. I'm excited about um, a new a new episode, and so. Um, Please support To Kill a Mockingbird. We open up on uh, September 30th. We are doing social distancing performances, so make sure you call the box office and get you a ticket. Uh, 
So with that being said, have a great weekend. This is, we are into fall season, so yay. Uh, no more summer. So anyway, y'all be safe. And thank you again for supporting the Canada Speaks Podcast. Have a good day.